This is Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. Our heart for you is that you will live like Jesus and share his love. Well, hey, everybody. Uh, Radiant Reflections, what? We're back. What? It's episode 60. 60. Okay. I, I thought cool. it was. I did. I I jumped on just to double check to make sure because it's been a few weeks. And, it's been uh, two. Yeah. Josh, how was your Christmas? You know, we we'll haven't had a podcast there. since last year. Since, oh, boy. <laughs> there it is. The first New Year joke. Oh, I love it. No, how was Christmas? Because we, yeah, we've been away from the podcast since, since before Christmas. Yeah, we missed an, a week for Christmas. Mm-hmm. We missed a week for New Year's Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Christmas was good. Yeah. Uh, I had time with both sides of the family. Good deal. Uh, pretty chill. Okay. Now, this past, like last week, uh, that was a little more hectic. We had we had company all week long, mm-hmm. uh, bouncing between one of my siblings and then one of Nicole's siblings. But uh, no, it was good. Good deal. It was really good. Good deal. Yeah. So, how about you? You, uh, you know, I, I was curious to see how tan you were. Yeah, no, but, not uh, really. Um, I'm, I'm Irish. Uh, but yeah, we opted for what we call small gift Christmas um, and doing uh, a vacation instead. So our family went down to Gulf Shores, Alabama. We drove. So like we did halfway to Nashville and then the next half uh, the next day and on the way back did the same thing, which was pretty good it went fast but i I don't know it's and it wasn't quite warm enough oh so we're thinking if we do small gift christmas again next year we're gonna fly to like miami and then drive to like the keys oh drive really like i want i mean like miami you're probably never cold like no but i mean even miami this time of year i've got some friends uh down there uh even miami this time of year is i don't know low 70s which is beautiful yeah it's, but you know you, right? <laughs> you know what i'm looking for Look, so that, that 105 Phoenix i want right there i, I want the heat <laughs> i want it 90 95 uh so yeah okay so we had a great christmas so good. two questions okay uh what was the best cup of coffee you had on okay. your trip and what was the best food that you had on your trip okay the <laughs> We went to a lot of coffee places I, you know, because I, we're driving I, south, right? Yeah. So we stopped in Indy at a, at a shop. Louisville, I stopped at Quill, uh, mm. as well as um, uh, there was one other in Louisville. And then in Birmingham, I stopped at Seeds. Um, we went to this place called Foam Coffee, which was in the Gulf Shores area. Yeah, yeah. Not right. a fan, but it was okay. It's a cool sweatshirt. Yeah, yeah. So, that's I. I really is it super. Is it super soft? So soft? Oh, right? it is. It's, it's kind of like so those soft. other those salmon colored ones you yes. wear. Yes, yes. Uh, so the best cup of coffee I had was today's Monday. Saturday on our way back, I had an Ethiopian uh, Sedoma single origin shot at Seeds in Birmingham. Okay, that was top ten shots of espresso like I have ever had, ever. Wow unbelievable espresso i bought four bags at seeds and i got one oh sunagross i also went to sunagross uh sunagross in louisville so i okay. went to quills and sunagross um and so that was really good yeah and we went to sunagross on the way back went to seeds on the way back you know we just yeah every every chance i got i went to a good shop so that was the best best coffee best cup of coffee the best food i had was at a barbecue joint well, no, I should back up. There's a steamer. There's a steamer place called Blaylock, Blaylock Seafood Market, and like this is not a restaurant. Like you just roll in, and they just have a big like chiller type of tray thing full of ice, 
and it's the fish that was caught that day. Mm. Right. So uh, down there in the Gulf, there's these red, they call them the queen of the sea, the red ling- ling- lingostino shrimp. Huh. And you buy by the pound at these steamer shops and you just tell them, hey, I want it medium uh, mild or spicy and it's all like and they it, just they steam them they and season steam them and everything lot, i mean they're right there they just huh. yep they steam it like the red shrimp fresh steam from the gulf was how big are these guys kit. monster okay monster monster big like they had the heads on them still like not even that they were even deveined or I've, i don't know if i've ever seen a shrimp with yes. a head on it still these were like they had the the long tentacles you know, the feet and the whole thing. Like this is the full animal, right? Oh. And we had shrimp at some other places, some steamer places that were really, really good. And then we had some, I had some really good barbecue at a place called Moe's original. And then another place called saw barbecue. Um, so, you know, the way that I eat barbecue is kind of my jam. Mm-hmm. So I eat a lot of barbecue. Uh, but yeah, I had a lot of great coffee, a lot of, of, uh, uh, good barbecue, but I'll tell you the, the, the coolest thing this is a fun fact about JB that, you can laugh at right now if you want to. I I like flying kites, um, mm. particularly trick kites, kites that are byline or even quadline kites. I got into it twenty over twenty years. No, ago. No, like you're talking like your heavy duty. This isn't like a dollar store. This is like no, one no, of those no. heavy duty. My brother-in-law yeah. Andy used Nylon. to. He had like a really yeah. Yeah. really high end kite. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I have. Yep, and and it has two lines, and you could steer it, you could float it an inch above the water, and just hold it there, and then you could take it, and make, you could make it do anything you want. And so I just on a whim brought my kite, thinking maybe I'd have a chance. I got to fly my kite quite a bit with my feet in the water, nice. with ocean breeze. That was oh wonderful, <laughs> quiet times. I, I you know, as the end of the year, I read through the scriptures every year. Mm-hmm. End of the year in Revelation, in Revelation, I don't know, it was twenty one or twenty two. It, it talks about the seas being no more. And I'm sitting on the 14th floor of this condo, looking at the Gulf of Mexico, looking at the this expanse of water that <laughs> there's no end to it, and reading in the scriptures that in the last days, the seas will be no more. And I, my mind is blown, hmm. you know, walking along the, sand, the seashore and, and reading that, think about that scripture in Psalms where it says that, that his thoughts towards you are more than the grains of sand in the sea. And you looked at, you look at this, there's, there's no way to even calculate. Well, well the number of grains of sand in, in a handful a billion, of sand. Yeah. Probably a billion in your single hand, you know, a billion, who knows? Uh, it's, it's shocking. I think, I think creation, when the scriptures say creation bears witness, it does. It does. Okay. Yeah, very cool. It was good. Hey, uh, I don't want to totally delay us, but I did yeah. want to have a conversation. So yesterday we started a new round of Discover Purpose. Oh, cool. And we got talking about coffee. Okay. Because somebody made the comment, oh, I love coffee. And I said, okay, well, you love coffee. Do you like JB level love coffee? <laughs> and they, then I had to explain what that meant. Which, okay. the, so we had eight people in the, in the, in the group yesterday. Cool. They want you to do a tutorial okay. on how to make okay. coffee. Because I said, because I kind of well, because I said to the yeah. one person, I said like, how do like how do you do it? I said, do you do pour over? Do you? Do? And they're right, like, right, right. and they had no idea what I was talking about. There's three so, or four different kinds of pour overs. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So at some okay. point, but there was also they they started a petition that we do another coffee event like what we did. You know, I was thinking we should totally do that just because that I have was a new so much es- fun. I have a new espresso machine. Okay, and the espresso that I'm getting from this machine is oh my gosh, it's so good. 
Well, I told I was oh, telling him because so I don't I don't think anyone in there was at our previous event. Okay, I told him I said JB was doing pour overs. He was yep. doing the Japanese cold pour. Yep. He was doing you know a few yep. different things. And Sky Koblenz was with us. Sky yep. is he was a trained out. barista. Like he actually knows his stuff. Um, and Ben Pant came and brewed. My daughter Lily brewed some, yep. and I think Kinsey even was there. Yeah, he, uh, he, he brewed, brewed some French, French press. press. Yep. Yeah, so there yep. we had all kinds. We totally so, should do that. That would be a good community thing. Uh, just I, I just like a hangout. Yeah, you know, radiant reflections. What uh, if we did like one a quarter? I would be down for it. I love coffee. We I've told just... people often if I didn't work at the church and I I wasn't called to be a worship leader and I wanted to do some kind of side thing, and my good friend Paul didn't own a coffee shop in the same town, <laughs> I would start a third wave shop. Hundred mm. percent. I would start a third wave shop. I love making coffee. I love the culture. I love the gear. I love all of it. Um, but yeah, dude, let's plan it. Let's do it. Let's okay. do it. Yeah, I'll maybe, look at the maybe, uh, and, uh, maybe in, I don't know. Yeah. March or something. Okay. But they, what, one of the things that came up in the conversation is one of them had a drink from one of the franchise places. Sure. And they were talking about like, oh, what's in this coffee? And they said, oh, this one has green coffee in it. And I said, what the heck is green coffee? Okay. So you don't know maybe even. No. So from what this person said. They said, oh, green coffee, it's it's coffee that hasn't been roasted. And I was like, that's a thing? So I thought, I got to ask JB about this. This is blowing my mind right what now. What does that taste like? I don't know. Because I, th- I think it's it's not like a... It has to be like a, so high in caffeine. It's not like a, like a coffee drink. I think it's like a... Yeah. Like a... It's got a lot of different things in it. But apparently yeah. one of the things... That they have. Are in you it. sure they weren't talking about like matcha or something? So that came up. Somebody okay. asked, like, so, "Oh, do you mean matcha?" And right. they're like, "No, it's green coffee." A lot of like third the, wave shops beans, have matcha. The beans haven't been roasted. I kind of want to like Google this. Yeah, now. I don't know. Speaking of coffee, I'm stoked yeah. that you had eight people and discover purpose, man. That is, yeah, it was super, You know what? We had super cool. we had fun yesterday. Good. It's a good group. We're having good conversation. Green coffee. Well, you're just gonna get. I, I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm checking. Yeah. Well, what about the coffee we just drank though? Genuine origin. So Costa Rica, green coffee, Colombia, green coffee. What is it? I've never even heard of such a thing. I've never heard of the of best it. green coffee. Ah, oh, look at this. This is from WebMD. I don't okay. know if, that, if we okay. consider that reliable. It says green coffee is unroasted coffee beans. Yeah. Hmm. It contains- I mean, I know what green coffee is, but I've never heard of it being added to drinks i don't even know what that would taste like it contains more chlorogenic acid than roasted coffee i don't know what that means yeah, what's chlorogenic been, acid hasn't been cooked out so hmm. I don't know. wild well this coffee here what this about this coffee this is so i'm gonna this is from corvus and it's guatemalan the chlorogenic acid sorry i'm like i'm totally going down the chlorogenic acid in green coffee is thought to have health benefits it might affect blood vessels so that blood pressure is reduced it might also affect how the body handles blood sugar and metabolism. Interesting. Oh, this is actually opposite of what you were saying. It says green coffee also contains caffeine, but in lower amounts than regular coffee. Hmm. How does that work? I don't know. Oh, huh. I don't know. But I don't know if any of that stuff is true. That's just off the internet. And uh, who knows? Yeah. But this is so the only note that I was going to say, well, well, tell us, what are we drinking? You're what drinking, drinking a Guatemalan geisha from corvus coffee okay um i got a three box set that was on like super clearance um it was pretty expensive coffee but still very good i, I was I'm, I'm enjoying it yeah i drained my cup already 
it's like tangerines and grapefruit and lemons. Um, See, I was going to go strawberry, and then a, there's another fruit. Pl- I'm going to say plum. Plum. Okay. There's like a, there's like a full-bodied fruit kind of thing. This is a Guatemalan. Here it is right here. This is a Razma La Pila, Guatemala. It's a washed bourbon variety. And the producer is Freddie and Alejandro Morales. Sounds like a couple of good dudes. Finca Razma. Yep. The tasting notes, a deep and richly chocolate forward guatemelon with tropical undertones, but overall extremely smooth and balanced. So... Yeah, not we're a lot get, of specifics there. No, no, we're gonna we're huh. just gonna give ourselves ten points. <laughs> I like it. Ten points. <laughs> there we go. That's good. I tried looking up. I had this thought the other day. Because I love you know, I've been to Sierra Leone a few times. I love I just I have a heart for Sierra Leone. Yeah. I was like, I wonder if they make coffee. Like if they had Do and they? it sounds like it's a not a huge it's export. Like robusta it, or something. It is robusta. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. but I, I tried to find like, hey, is there anyone that sells Sierra Leonean coffee yeah. and I couldn't find it. The Robusta is so. going to be super, super strong. And like, oh. that's what the angry brew is partially brewed with. So it's Arabica oh. and Robusta because Robusta has way more caffeine in it. But okay. the angry brew at Five Lakes is partially Robusta, partially, partially Arabica. Okay. Uh, so yeah, but uh, there we go. Yeah. Corvus coffee, y'all. It's really good coffee company. Yeah, it, was a good, it was a good cup of coffee. I would, I would encourage you to check them out. Uh, definitely. But yesterday's message, part one in reclaiming holiness yeah. out of Nehemiah 10, um, confession, I was heading north on uh, 69 coming out of Noblesville, Indianapolis, Indiana area with my phone against the speedometer, watching the road, but also watching uh, the message and just really encouraged by this message. I text Ryan right away. I was like, man, this is awesome. Awesome stuff. Um, holiness, reclaiming yeah. holiness. Yeah, Nehemiah chapter he ten covered a lot of ground yesterday. So he did. He did. This isn't a four-hour podcast. No, here. I don't think it will. But <clears throat> yeah, you jump. Ju- you jump right in, Josh, because uh, I've got. I-, I took some notes this morning. I listened to it a second time, um, and uh, lots, lots of stuff popped out. Well, let's talk just real, real quick. Early on in the message, he. He made a statement, and I think this might be my paraphrase, but essentially, lack of holiness is an obstacle to a close relationship with God. Intimacy, yeah. Let's let's double click on that just a little bit. Yeah, right. I mean, because that's a pretty bold statement. It is like to say, oh, okay, I want to go close to God. Uh, It is. If we don't have holiness, our our ability Mm -hmm. to actually do that is limited. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah. Double click on that a little bit. In my estimation, uh, I mean, and this is probably the overall conversation of the entire. (laughs) <laughs> message is to say that reality and that perspective is based upon our perceptions and distance to and from God, mm. right? Our lack of holiness in terms of our actions here on earth don't disconnect us or distance us from God in any way because we know that in Christ we are the holiness. We are the righteousness of God and we are the right standing in Christ Jesus. But what happens, I think, when we are living in an unholy way, we we move. We move. Yeah. Good. Yeah, yeah. God doesn't move, we move. Yeah. That's a better way to well, say it. Well, it's kinda like and maybe I don't remember. 
maybe Ryan, maybe Kenzie, somebody at some point used this illustration, right? But it's it's like the uh, this this image of this this old couple driving down the road in their their beat up pickup truck bench seat yeah, you know, yeah. kind of thing yeah yeah you know and and the wife's over in the passenger seat the husband's uh-huh. driving yeah and the wife says kind of wistfully oh like do you remember when we used to just sit yep. so close to each other yep. and the husband says hey i haven't moved yeah you know, I mean, <laughs> the steering wheel doesn't move on the truck <laughs> yeah i i liked yeah. it you know people have said too even of the scriptures right um the bible will keep you from sin and sin will keep you from the Bible, mm. right? So, like when we're when we're in the middle of of unholy practices, how do you really feel? You don't feel like you want to be next to God right. or close to God, or so it, it is. It is so much more about uh, our perceptions rather than God's perceptions, because He never leaves. He never. There's never that distance between us. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and in in choosing sin, it's kind of a, and I, again, I think we've used this quote from the stage too. C.S. Lewis says, right in the end, you know, we'll either say to, to God, thy will be done, or he'll say to us, okay, thy will be done. Mm-hmm. Right. And when we, when we choose that sin, right. Like that, that is us choosing to walk away from God, even if it's mm-hmm. momentarily, you know, mm-hmm. temporarily, uh, turning our backs to him. Right. And, and saying, nope, I want to do this my way. Right. So, but Ryan said up front too, even even coming out of Nehemiah ten there, uh, I think is First Peter. Be, yeah, yeah. Be holy because I'm holy. Yeah, yeah. be holy as God is holy. Re, re, yeah, read that that uh, that text, Josh. I wrote down another one after this one that was okay. kind of in that same vein, but yeah. This is First Peter 1, 15 and 16. But as the one who, this is out of the CSB, but as the one who called you is holy, you also are to be holy in all your conduct. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Mm-hmm. So holiness in that text is, is related to actions, how we live our lives. Mm-hmm. So even though positionally we are holy in, in Christ Jesus because of his one-time sacrifice, there's a reality to sort of living that out. What does that mean to be holy as God is holy in our actions, in our day-to-day life? And Ryan, you know, he's going to get into that later, uh, or we'll get into that later. He did in the message. Um, but then also in Hebrews twelve fourteen, it talks about pursuing holiness. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to ask you, Josh, because you, I think you've had really good perspectives on this before. Uh, how do we pursue holiness? Like, how do we, if we are holy already <laughs> what well, does it mean and to that's pursue that, it and that's that's the challenge right because you you already mentioned uh you know when we come into a relationship with christ there is uh for lack of a better way of saying like there is an an initial holiness that happens imparted out, outside of which we would not be able to enter into relationship with god mm-hmm. and and so that you have this level mm-hmm. of holiness yeah now you have what yeah, I don't. I don't know what they call it. I <laughs> probably get in trouble. I don't know what they call it in in Wesleyan world. Right. When I was in the AG, right, we call it progressive sanctification. Right. Right. It's the, it's this process over yes. time, of of yeah. gradually forming my life around who Jesus is and who Jesus calls me to be. Right. Right. And that's a process, a right. lifelong process. Right. right. That now it's 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 me, one heart issue right. at a time. Right. Saying, all right, Holy Spirit. Would you transform this one too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And As then you become aware. On to the next one, mm-hmm. right? Holy Spirit shows me something in me mm-hmm. 
you know, like over, and maybe for some of you, you know, over this uh, 21 days of prayer and fasting, you're starting to have some of those things. Holy mm. Spirit is saying, Hey, let's look at this right here. Yeah. Right? That's, that's the, the process of sanctification or the process of becoming, mm -hmm. uh, more holy, mm -hmm. not that we become, and this is an important distinction. It is not that we become more holy to stay in God's favor. Right. Not that we become more holy to earn some sort of favor because that's mm -hmm. all Jesus. Right? Mm -hmm. That's all Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's salvation. We're covered with his righteousness, yes. his holiness. Yes. And that's the only thing that gets us into heaven. Yeah. We never get holy enough mm -hmm. to get in on our own standing. Yeah. Right? Not so by it, works. No. No, but yeah. it, it's that it's that gradually letting him transform every aspect mm -hmm. of our life. And when that happens, go back to something that we've said before from the stage, something on here, right? When we do that, that brings God glory. Mm -hmm. It's a benefit to others. Because guess what? If my relational holiness is growing, mm -hmm. the people around me benefit from that because I'm yes. not a jerk bag to them. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so I mean, it's yeah. And there's joy in that, right? As I yeah. bring my life more in alignment with the things that Jesus is calling me to, like that, that brings yeah. joy to me. Yeah. yeah. I, so. I like the what you said, progressive sanctification. And that does fly into the face of the founder of our, our particular denomination, John Wesley, who believed in what what is known as complete sanctification yeah entire sanctification entire sanctification which <laughs> although i i have heard uh, you know because i would always push back you know because yeah. you know we do these ministerial interviews like every yeah. year and everything yeah. and that's one of the things they always ask about because it's a it's a wesleyan distinctive yeah it's part of the discipline right? the, the idea of entire sanctification that mm -hmm. this side of eternity and i think a lot of times it's just been explained poorly mm. uh particularly like because my understanding because they'd ask hey how are you doing like entire second? I said, well, I'm not there yet. And I haven't met anybody who's there yet. I tell them this every year in my interview. Because like, yeah, you believe in progressive <laughs> sanctification. Right, right. Like you sh show me the person who's entirely sanctified. But then one, one, one year in my interview, mm -hmm. I actually had a guy, like he explained it. And I'm like, oh, okay. So he said, it's not that entire sanctification is this sinless perfection. Mm -hmm. It's that even when I sin, rather than taking a posture like Adam and Eve, oh, I sinned and I turn away from God, mm -hmm. right? Even in my sin, I'm mm -hmm. I'm wide open to God. I'm saying, sure. no, Lord, I sure. still want to lean into you. Yeah. Even though I just messed up. Well, you, you've you've used the, the phrase a number of times, Josh, um, progress over perfection. Mm -hmm. You've shared that a number of times when yep. you've taught from the stage. Uh, and I, I like the idea, even the title of this series, Reclaiming Holiness is Progressive Sanctification. Mm -hmm. Reclaiming Holiness uh, and, and Holiness or Pursuing Holiness, back to Hebrews chapter 12, I think is growing. Mm. It's a verb, right? It's something we are doing. Yes. It's, you know, uh, Paul says, and I'll use the King James because it's what I've memorized it in, be ye being filled with the Holy mm. Spirit. Like there's this this constant pursuit I think the struggle that I have with, I get that I, the, the way you've described an entire sanctification, it's that word entire, mm. <laughs> like the idea of the way you just described entire sanctification. I believe that. I think there's, there's definitely mm -hmm. this place where there's a difference, but even then, like, do you always No, And, and I think that's an important distinction. Yeah. I think you, you run into the same thing. You know, you just talked about being full of the Holy spirit. Yeah. I think one of the mistakes that we've made, we like various churches, various mm -hmm. theologians over time, right? Mm -hmm. Like uh, a couple of mistakes that we've made is we look at something like baptism of the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. as a 
That's right. a, that's an event, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I come out of the AG. Yeah. Hey, you know, you were baptized in the Holy Spirit because, because you spoke in tongues. Yes. Yeah. Right. So it's this it's yeah. this one event. Yes, you might you could continue yes. to speak in tongues, operate in the gifts, yes. but like that is kind of the yeah the marker the the, the marker mm-hmm. there. I think we make a mistake when we talk about entire sacrifice. Like, oh, I had this one time event where right. I was sanctified versus versus progress. Versus, yeah, this is something. Hey. Mm-hmm. There might be moments in my life, mm-hmm. <laughs> milliseconds in my life, <laughs> where everything in me is oriented to Jesus. Right. Is that a millisecond of entire? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I lose it pretty darn quick, though. Yeah. I lose it pretty quick. Uh, and then as soon mm-hmm. as like I think that I'm entirely sanctified, I'm pretty sure that's probably no, I'm not sanctified anymore. I know. But well, so. <laughs> Ryan, you know, Ryan hinted throughout the message. He had these veins of, of some of the, the language that Paul uses in Ephesians when he talks is about practicing. Mm-hmm. It's the Greek word pleruo. Pleruo means to make a habit of, mm-hmm. like to get good at, right? Is your life patterned after a pursuit of God o- overall? Um, or is your life patterned directionally in a pursuit of of self, mm-hmm. of of your own sinful desires? Oh. And I think that that is the process of sanctification. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I I think you know we've said this a number of times. I'm going to say it a whole bunch of times in this particular podcast. <laughs> but the answer I believe to Hebrews twelve fourteen: How do we pursue holiness? How do we grow in our relationship with God? It is the spiritual disciplines. Oh, you know, I never even answered your question. <laughs> That's funny. I sorry. I'm like, oh yeah, he asked practices. me that. So <laughs> yeah, the spiritual disciplines and practices. <laughs> you know, and this will this will hearken to the close of Ryan's message and and the 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 screenshot he took of the movie Martian. Uh, the the spiritual disciplines and practices are the biosphere or mm-hmm. the environment or the, the 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 direction that we put ourselves in in order to pursue God. They are the 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 way that we pursue God uh, is through the spiritual disciplines and practices. Now there there is as many as thirty different spiritual disciplines and practices identified in, in the scriptures. I've seen them boiled down to nine. I've seen them boiled down to five. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to look at it, um, but a pursuit and, and a way to reclaim holiness or to jumpstart sanctification in your life is to begin making a habit of spiritual disciplines and practices, doing the things that Jesus did. Mm-hmm. What did Jesus do? What, what, what were his rhythms? We know that prayer was one of his rhythms, gathering with community, worship, Silence and solitude and Sabbath. Those five things were things that Jesus patterned in his own life. He was God incarnate. He didn't need the Sabbath. Right. Like he didn't need to pray. Now I, I know I'm, <laughs> did he? Because he was fully hundred percent man. Look, I don't know. hundred percent man, hundred percent God. So, yeah, I mean, his, his human body had to rest. It had to rest. Yeah. He couldn't stay yeah. awake forever and ever, ever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, it says, uh, uh, in, uh, oh gosh, what is the text that he laid aside mm. his divinity, which is hard because he was still God in order to take on flesh in order to suffer as we suffered Hebrews chapter four. Uh, there, there's all kinds of things. Uh, so we're going to say this a lot in this podcast, pursuing holiness is growing, uh, in, in spiritual disciplines and practices. 
Ryan kind of turned a corner and I, I kind of wish that he had started the message with this because then he asked, what is holiness? Oh, and, and talk a little bit about that, Josh. What does it mean to be holy? We've got the Holy Spirit. Ryan said over 900 times. It's the most, uh, most, uh, prominent characteristic, characteristic of, of God, God. Yep. is his holiness. What does it mean for us? What is well? I mean that that two word definition you gave is just it's set apart. Yeah, right. I mean, and you see you see this right out of the gate as as in Exodus, right? As as God calls Mm -hmm. His people out Mm -hmm. of slavery, and and and, hey, these are people that are going to be Mm -hmm. set apart. You read the Ten Commandments. You Mm -hmm. read through the law in Leviticus. Like these are all things that are aimed at creating a people who don't look like everyone else around them. Mm Right, so he systematically yeah. uh, goes through. Hey, this is something you're going to do. You're going to look different. You're going to be set apart. Yep. And Sarah and even he, even even kind of trash talked her husband Abraham. You are a man of blood, <laughs> because God called Abraham to take all of the male born in his household and do this strange shink. thing: <laughs> circumcise them, <laughs> circumcise them as a spiritual practice and discipline. The scriptures say like one of the holiest uh, festivals for God's people is Passover, right? This back to hearkening back to Exodus, the Exodus out of Egypt. The scriptures say very plainly, no one can participate in Passover unless they've been joined to the Lord. Mm-hmm. The only way to be joined to the Lord is to be circumcised. That, that was the covenant sign. That right? was I mean, the that covenantal was... <laughs> thing. And you're like, whoa, man, thank you, Jesus, for the cross. Uh, yeah. Holiness does mean to be set apart. And and I just think about those words. Josh, what comes to your mind when you think about the words set apart? Huh. I mean, I, th- I think you could go a couple of different, different ways with it. Yeah, I mean, there's there's different. I mean, but go back to like the Exodus. It's, it's set apart in the sense we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. Hey, these people are going to be. They're going to look differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it also, when we talk about that in, in the context of God, right? I think of I think of God and he says, don't let anyone come near the mountain. Mm. Burning or, smoke. Or you're, you're dead. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, so even, mm-hmm. even that, we get this picture that God's people are to be different, mm-hmm. but also that, that God is not, <laughs> he's not some, you know, grandpa, in the sky like daddy god right like which i mean hey he scripture tells us you know jesus tells us pray to him as our father i know we have this father imagery uh but it's not it's not some like yeah santa claus kind of guy like this is a no no i am something entirely different this is a being who dwells in unapproachable light (laughs) it says when when one of the people in the scriptures asked to see the face of god god said no, because it's going to be like Raiders of the Lost Ark. Right. Your you face you will, will melt off, right. <laughs> right? Like you will be scattered. It'll be like uh, the, the footage from Nagasaki and Hiroshima. Like this is this is the God that we serve. And so God hid him in the cleft of the rock. And he said, I'll show you the, the hind parts of my, my presence. You can't even see. Mm. Uh, in Revelation, it says, I just finished reading it. Uh, There'll be no need for light. Mm. <laughs> like... There'd be no need because Jesus himself will be the light. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, in, in Orthodox and even Catholic practices, practice, I'll, we'll say theology, 
a lot of their focus is on God being light, mm-hmm. that he is this, this, this light that we can't even comprehend. And when we, we hear, and we'll tread on some really strange ground here, uh, uh, NDEs or near death experiences, right? Oh, uh, unequivocally, like 99.9% of the people who have these experiences where they, they die, they see this unapproachable, but yet inviting and warm light. They see this light and then they, you know, God, they hear a voice. There's, there's all kinds of interesting things with NDEs, but, uh, when I think of holiness, I think of like, I was listening to a podcast on the drive home. Do you remember, maybe you didn't have this. Did you have like a, a, a buffet, like a, a piece of furniture in your house and you had the plates, the oh, China, like the China, <laughs> the China, right? We were not really a China kind of family. We were, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, those of you that, that know what I'm talking about, these were the plates. They only came out at a certain time. Right. My mom still has some plates that she inherited from my grandmother. They're very special to her uh, because they were my grandmother's. We eat on them regularly. She doesn't keep them put away. Um, but do you remember that? Or or when back in the in the days when you'd have that plastic cover on a couch? <laughs> yeah. Right? It was a person's intention to say that this thing is going to be different. Uh, than the old used everyday sort of thing. It's mm-hmm. set apart. It's unique. It's it's separate. It's special. Um, I wish he would have started with the definition of holiness because I think that would have unpacked. I would have. I probably would have tracked better. It's probably just my oh. small mind. But I, what I loved is following that definition of holiness. You know, Ryan said this. Maybe this stood out to you too. The world is tired of a lack of holiness, mm-hmm. and they don't even know what that means, right? Like. Uh, they they understand that Christians are supposed to be different. And so when they see Christians or people who proclaim to be followers of Jesus that look just like them, talk like them, uh, live like them, you know, what, what, what Jesus is this? Yeah, well, and that's where, you know, he talked about this idea of hypocrisy. And it, when we ignore holiness, this is where the the accusation of hypocrisy is actually is valid. It is right now. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, sometimes we, there's that accusation like, "Oh, you're just a hypocrite," and it's like, ah, like I'm not perfect. Yeah, right. Like I'm I'm still a work in progress. Yeah, but if I am claiming to be set apart, mm-hmm. yet there is no evidence in my life mm-hmm. that I'm actually set apart. Mm-hmm. There's a what is hypocrisy? There's a dissonance here. It's saying one thing and doing the exact opposite, right? So it's like uh, when I if if when I get on stage and I host uh, and hosting for those listening or watching is what we call the the parts of our worship services where we share announcements, we may share scriptures, we may pray, uh, but particularly when we get to the section where we encourage the, the followers of Jesus to be people who put God first with their finances. If I get up as a host, as mm. a pastor at Radiant Life Church, and I say, y'all need to give your 10% to the Lord, and I'm not one who's giving to the Lord. But that's hypocrisy. That's hypocrisy. Yeah. Now, you don't know that because you don't see my bank statement. You know, you don't see my choices. Um, but what the world is tired of, the world is tired of, I think our last round of politics proved this as well. 
they're tired of seeing or hearing about a Jesus in scripture who cares for the poor, who cares for the weak, who cares for the innocent, right? Who is not for violence, who is not for war. Mm. And yet we see something entirely different in the lives of Christians, people who are bloodthirsty, people who don't care for the poor, people who don't care for the downcast. The world sees that hypocrisy and they know, they, they long. Who, 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 who was attracted to Jesus? Who was it? Mm. It was the prostitutes. It was the tax collectors. It was the, because they, they could see the ugliness of their own lives. They could see it like Jesus loves me. Even, even in the midst of this, there's something different about this Jesus versus, uh, what you said earlier, the Christian, uh, example where we have failed, where we're talking about a Jesus who loves, but yet we, we just show hate. No, we're rude. No, no, I'm, uh, my dad loaned me a book. It, uh, maybe you've heard of the guy because with your previous uh, living situation, a guy named Joel Salatin. I know okay. <laughs> Joel Salatin, the farmer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Joel's awesome. Yeah, so he, I'm reading a book of his yeah. called The Marvelous Pigness of Pigs. Yes. And uh, I mean, and he, and he- Joel Salatin's awesome. He comes, I, he's, he's I got a little, some of his books. He's a little extreme sure. in some things. Well, when you go down that but, health route, you're going to experience some of <laughs> Well, and, I, okay, now I, I won't yeah, yeah. go down Joel Salatin. But he talks about how within some of these more like environmentalist type circles, mm-hmm. like the accusation against Christians is like, hey- It's all going to burn. If, if you if you serve a God who you said created all of this, mm-hmm. right, and he created it good, and your original mandate was mm-hmm. to care for creation, why do Christians do such a poor job? Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and it's it's been challenging. So I'm not done oh, with the book yet, but it's it's challenging. But that would be another area of of this hypocrisy. Yep. Like you guys sit here and like talk about, hey, my body is a temple. Mm-hmm. Do you see? Do you look at the garbage you're putting in your body? Do you look like, at you, your own body? <laughs> right. <laughs> I'll encourage those uh, who are interested in this particular uh, vein that we're talking about. Uh, there's an organization in Grand Rapids, Michigan, phenomenal organization called the Acton Institute. The Acton Institute has a very small, um, I would call it a booklet, really. Um, And it's about uh, biblical environmental stewardship. What does Mm. it mean to be a steward of the environment, to care for creation, uh, according to the scriptures, not according to what we've been told? Very good uh, read. I've got it somewhere on my shelf. Uh, Very good read. If you end up wanting to to read that one, Josh, it's a good one. I'll let you know. Uh, But the world really is. They're they're tired of a lack of holiness and they don't even really understand it. They just know you're just like me. You know, I I don't want to be the same person that I am. I want to be something different. And the Jesus that you're following is another Jesus. Mm. I think that's really what the world, the Jesus you're following isn't holy, isn't set apart, isn't different, isn't unique. That was challenging. Mm-hmm. Ryan said a lot of challenging stuff because he kept telling us, what did he keep saying over I and over? I love you. I love, I love you. you. Don't forget, <laughs> tell your neighbor. I loved that, that he kept saying that because it was true. Um, what else, Josh? Yeah. Uh, I mean, so he, he, he kind of ended up looking at these three things under mm-hmm. the, in the context of we need to guard our culture and our heart, guard the culture of our heart and our community. So reclaiming holiness and, and then, is guarding the culture of our heart 
and the culture of our community. And then he goes into these three yep. kind of defining characteristics yes. of a holy people or culture. Yes. I didn't get the and, third one, but I got the first two. Okay. Well, so we can, you, unless you've got something else before. No, no, no. Then, That's, can, I was in the same spot with you, brother. To yeah, good. that. So the first defining characteristic, he says, is integrity of relationships. Mm -hmm. And again, his his home base for this was Nehemiah 10. Mm -hmm. uh, as Again, as, as God's people are returning to Jerusalem, mm -hmm. they're starting to put things back together, mm -hmm. you know, reclaim <laughs> reclaim yep. some of their, their practices. With a covenantal yeah. document. Yep. Mm -hmm. So he says integrity of relationships is one of mm -hmm. these. And this is actually something for the people of Israel goes way back yeah. to when they're first going into the into the promised land mm -hmm. you know and i mean you even see you see it even earlier with like you know rebecca and isaac's just nah i don't want jacob to marry one of these you know canaanite yeah. ladies like yep. let's go find him somebody from our own people yep but this prohibition against intermarrying with the pagan cultures around them uh and so there's there is this you know the ideal is a purity of of focus in a sense mm -hmm. from a relationship standpoint i wanted to double click on this with you because we talked primarily yesterday in the message he addressed uh what you would probably call it more like romantic relationships hey yeah. don't hey if right. you're if you're a follower of jesus don't date a an unbeliever mm -hmm. you know obviously they talk about intermarrying don't so don't date or marry missionary dating isn't yeah don't, mm -hmm. don't do that mm -hmm. uh let's let's kind of extrapolate that if you're if you're game into other relationships what does integrity of relationships and holiness within relationships look like mm -hmm. uh in a friendship in a family in yeah. a you know, so let's yeah no I, I i think that's great uh josh uh i heard an interesting statistic uh, again on a podcast i was listening in my drive i had a lot of hours on the road for vacation if you have a friend who is overweight you're 57 percent more likely to be overweight Show me the company that you keep. I'll show you who you'll be in the next three years, three, three to five years. That's what the science tells us, mm -hmm. even apart from scripture. Um, so the integrity of our relationships, I think friendships is, it's very important. We need to have, I mean, I was talking to my kids on the drive home. It's like kids, we, you need to have friends, gay friends. You need to, to know some people in the gay community. You need to have relationship with people in the gay community. Um, not because you affirm the choices that they're making, but because you need to hear from them. You need to hear from their context. Like, what, what do they face, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so I think there's this balance between being open. Uh, so in the world, we'll call it, or around those that Jesus would be around, that he, he gave us an example to be around, and maintaining holiness. I think that that's why all of this, Josh, like when I hear guard the culture and the culture of our hearts and community, I think of identity. Mm. Who, who am I? The person that I am defines the relationships that I'm going to have on a, on a majority basis. If the majority of my time is, is at the bar every night, guess what? I'll probably be, I'll be identified as an alcoholic because mm. I'm going to be bellied up to the bar and drinking every night. Right. Uh, the, the, the practices and the habits that we those those define who we are mm -hmm. like we could say i'm this i'm a follower of jesus whatever it is but does your culture who you are your heart your community does it reflect that truth and that comes back to spiritual disciplines and practices 
Yeah, and and there's a tension there, and you you've already kind of alluded to that, right? Because whereas you know probably my majority uh, relational investment should mm-hmm. probably be in the kingdom, right? People that will will you know facilitate and kind of cultivate that group identity, mm-hmm. who we are in Christ. Yeah. Hey, if we have our roots strongly in that. I think going in engaging the people that Jesus would engage, mm-hmm. that's that's going to be more fruitful, mm-hmm. and it's going to be it's it's not going to be at all of a a point of worry. I don't have to worry. Oh, am I going to become no? Because I know who I am. Mm-hmm. Jesus knew exactly who he was, yeah. and so for him to go out and engage yeah. people, like for the he, Son of Man came to seek and right. save the lost. He 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 knew what his mission was, yes. but he also knew like hey. I know my identity. I know my connection with the Father. Mm-hmm. I don't have to sit here like, oh, am, am I going to become a, a a drunkard or mm-hmm. a tax collector right. or a prostitute? You know? <laughs> like, but like, he did the things to cultivate that identity. He did the things that defined who he was, right? He still took that time for silence and solitude. Yes. Prayer, worship, time with community, right? Sabbath. He did all the things that defined who he was so that he could, he could pour out of that identity fr- from an overflow. Yeah. Yeah. Where we get in trouble is if we, we think, oh, well, you know what? Jesus hung out with the, you know, the tax collectors and the sinners and the prostitutes. And then now that's where, now I think there are some exceptions in a sense that you've got missionaries that go into places yeah. where they are mm-hmm. definitely a minority and they're not, mm-hmm. they're not going to have that same level of community. But, but they're never by themselves. But they're not by themselves. No. Right? Well, if they do it right, Jesus didn't send people out by themselves. That's exactly right. <laughs> that's exactly. That was not They his still model. have this this little, little nucleus. Yes. Uh, yeah. G- great word. A, a nucleus of, of, of identity, mm-hmm. group identity that informs the way that they live amongst the people that they're trying to reach. Yeah. Where we get in trouble is when it's it's lopsided and yeah. now the majority of my time mm-hmm. and I and, and subtly or explicitly my identity is formed by them like you mm-hmm. said guy at the bar mm-hmm. hey if I'm like hey I want to go reach these people for Jesus and 80 90 yeah. percent of my time is there at the bar yeah uh, yeah the the uh, proof is in the pudding and you'll find out that the majority of what you do impacts who you are mm-hmm. I mean it, it will be mm-hmm. um, and I think it really is the, the balance beam the balance scale, right? Uh, where, where are you spending most of your time? Yeah. Right. Doesn't mean we should be siloed. I mean, there was a whole movement, you know, the, the, the purity movement, um, you know, the early late eighties, early nineties, the church that I grew up in, there was a lot of the us for no more. Uh, you know, we can't send our kids to public school. We've got a homeschool because of the evil wicked, this rather than saying, Hey, why don't we disciple our kids to know who they are? To, to shape and form their identity in Christ and send them out as lights in the world. Now, I all four of my kids were homeschooled, okay? Uh, and I've got two that are still in school, being uh, homeschooled with, with uh, my wife predominantly at home. Uh, so I'm not, <laughs> I'm not against homeschooling at all, uh, but there was, it has to be for the right well, reasons. Well, motivation. Why? Right. Why, are, yes. why am I doing it? If, if I'm doing this Fear. to like cut myself off from the rest of the world, right? I don't know if that's the great. That was great some of the motivation in the late yeah. 80s, early 90s. Yeah, definitely. Oh. Um, yeah, integrity of our relationships, I thought, was a, a great one. He talked even about, you know, uh, um, the the relationships that we pursue, uh, even as married people, you know, mm. to be wise, to be wise. You know, don't put yourself in situations that uh, could be compromising. 
Well, and then he said, you know, when he's talking about the relationships, one of the one of the points I jotted down is right. Like our our sin has community impact, mm-hmm. right? and and that was one of the things that I kind of teased that one of one of the comments he made. Right, like it is important for us to recognize that the things that we do have broader mm-hmm. impact uh, than <laughs> than we think. Go go to you know the Older Testament, and you've got these people, and they are intermarrying. Mm-hmm. And because of what they did, mm-hmm. like, look at how often, oh, hey, this guy marries this girl. Mm-hmm. No big deal, right? It's yeah. it's two people. Right. Yeah, except he's the king, and now he leads the entire yeah. nation yeah. into pagan worship. Yep. Uh, or Aiken. Right. Aiken. You got one guy's sin. One guy's sin. Everyone loses a battle. Yeah. Right? You grossly outnumber your enemy, and you still lose. Yeah. Uh, because our, our sin, and, and yeah. that continues into today's world right the, yeah. the 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 choices that we make you know we've we've so messed this up with how individualistic our culture has become and, and I, I think it's gotten it's gotten like we are devolving in that sense mm-hmm. like because it, it seems like it gets more and more and more individualistic mm-hmm. whereas like that's that's not actually how it works mm-hmm. like we can say that that's the way that it is and that's your truth and this is my truth yep. and this you know whatever that's bob's truth no, like the choices that you make affect more people than just you. And Ryan had this little pocket that was really fierce in the message. You know, he said, if you are so arrogant to believe that your individual entity, like who you are by yourself has no effect on the body of Christ. I mean, do you really think, mm. are you really following Jesus? I, I my, my thinking was, the body of Christ is not an individual entity. No. It's not individuals. Every every part is dependent on every other part. We are a community that is shaped around the body and blood of Christ. Jesus, our head, the unifying table of God that we come to, the communion that we participate in binds us together. The word binds us together. The Holy Spirit binds us together. We are a community. We're connected. If we are disconnected, what do you call that? Oh, a disability. disability. You know, if I lose my arm in a, in a car accident, they call me disabled. And now that and, and losing that arm affects every other part of yeah. you in some way, shape or form. And my arm, when it's separated from my body, it doesn't continue living. No. It eventually is gone. Yeah, I loved that exhortation. And that's really what it was. When, when Ryan paused and kind of, he said, lean in. Uh, and he said that, man, that's a good word. That's a good word. We need to. Uh, that's why I often, I don't know what Psalm it is, but um, I think it's 22. Who may ascend to the hill of, Lord, hill of the Lord? He who has clean hands. Mm-hmm. He who has a pure heart. To come into the holy assembly of God's people. On the Lord's Day, Sunday, to come in on the Lord's Day and say, God, cleanse my hands, cleanse my heart. I want to ascend. I want to be with you, with God's people, with your people. And we we ask God to do that. Cleanse hands, purify hearts before we even come into those doors. Yeah. Now, I mean, we do have to remember, obviously, our holiness is in Jesus. Go back it to it. I mean, the psalmist is writing pre-Jesus and restoration of that relationship with God, you know. Yeah. But yes, I mean, that's still something that we need to pursue. Yeah. Is that. that because we can't affect one another. Yes. Right. I mean, I've, I've used this example. Oh, go ahead. What were you I just saying? don't know about the limit of it. Right. It's, oh. it's the same thing with miracles and gifts. Hmm. 
you know, at one point Ryan said in the message, he's towards the end, he's talking about, you know, Jesus words. I wanted to do these miracles among you, but I couldn't because of your lack of faith. Extrapolating that (laughs) sentence from Jesus to modern day church. I struggle with that because then the miracles are about what I do Mm. and my works. Is that saying that because I don't have the amount of faith that I need, that this person didn't get healed, this gift didn't get given? This is where I I struggle with some of the sign gifts, mm. where I, I look at that and I say, wait a minute, wait a minute. If, if Jesus said, greater miracles will you do than I have done, are the miracles raising people from the dead, blindness being here? Is that what he's saying? I don't think it is. I think what Jesus, the greater miracle that Jesus is speaking of, he's not talking about the physical restoration of bodies. That does happen, though. It does happen. Does. Oh, healing's real. <laughs> I, I'm, not a, I'm not a cessationist. But the greater miracle of God by the presence of his Holy Spirit in the body of Christ is the expansion of the kingdom. Mm. It's the gospel being preached by people like you and I or whoever else and people coming from darkness and being translated into light. This Mm. is a greater miracle because, you know, who do we fear? The one who can who can destroy the body or the one who can destroy the body and cast the soul into hell is what Jesus said. So I struggle with even the amount of our effect, (laughs) like our physical effect uh, on, on the holy congregation. Like, can I overpower God by my unholiness? Can his holiness be, I don't have an answer for that. If you have a really good answer, throw that in the comments. Yeah, <laughs> you, you might solve all sorts of things. What was the second thing um, of these three things in, in that he, that he talked about? All right. Integrity in the day to day. So what do we do every day? And this comes back to those spiritual disciplines and practices. And Ryan, he talked specifically about the stat before COVID which was Christians professing followers of Jesus, their average attendance of church was one out of four. Which is pretty crappy. Crappy. Like one, like 25%. Yeah. Like well, I love what Ryan said. I grew up in the same kind of house. My mom and dad were like, we don't care if you don't want to go to church. You're going. Well, and You're back go. in the day, like, I mean, and maybe this was for you, like you go to morning service and then you come back at night. Yeah. Like, like this was not... <laughs> Youth, yeah, yeah. I yeah. tell you what, this is what this was a, a huge change going to the AG, at least the, the AG church that we went to, like in in the CRC days, right? And my my parents, they'll still they'll still do this. Like, mm-hmm. you've got Sunday morning, mm-hmm. you've got Sunday night, and this still happens. My uncle's a, a pastor yeah. at a CRC church yeah. in Hudsonville. He does he does he preaches a message Sunday morning. He preaches an entirely different message Sunday night. Wow. Uh, they do like if there's a holiday, you have church. Yeah. I, I bet you New Year's Day he had a he had a church service. Don't care. Thanksgiving, Christmas Day, yeah. Good Friday, Maundy Thursday. Like I mean, like you're doing like yeah. Yeah. you're there all the time. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, yeah. So now we're like, oh man, I I don't want to go two weeks in a row. <laughs> well, yeah, Ryan Ryan said that you know the the church in Iran, the church around the world. I mean, they they are. <sighs> We read now again, slightly different context, but you read in Acts, they're getting together every day. Yeah. Breaking bread and and, uh, committed to the Apostles' Creed. Uh, Yeah. The integrity of the day to day is important. You know, coming to church, gathering with God's people is important. Coming to the communion table is important. Baptism, these sacraments, these things are important. Um, And I think that what back to the the world being tired of a lack of holiness, our day to day lives speak. You know, if we say, hey, 
uh, yeah, I believe in God and I follow Jesus, but I'm choosing to come to church one out of every, now it's one every six. One out of, one out of six, one out of seven. Yeah. yeah six, one of those. Yeah. It got worse. worse. It got, it got worse. worse after. Yeah. 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 And, and fully one third of those who attended one out of four didn't even come back after COVID. But, but we got to double click even more because it's not just church attendance. Right. I yeah. mean, because yeah. this is really is the day to day because because mm-hmm. you go back to the whole hypocrisy thing. Right. If if I'm I'm coming to church on Sunday and I'm tagging on my social media at yeah, Radiant Life Church, mm-hmm. super excited for the service. Yeah. Which is cool. But then, you know, Monday through Saturday, I'm all out with my my boys and it's. Mm-hmm. Well, he talked about that church in San Diego, his friend called the Sevens Church, where they were focusing intentionally about living seven days a week. Well, because what what would it look like for us to reclaim holiness in our place of work, Mm -hmm. in my home, Mm -hmm. right? These places where, I mean, because here's the reality, right? As parents, right? We're both parents, right? If I sit here and I talk to my kids about the transforming power of Jesus Mm -hmm. and they never see any of that in me, or Mm -hmm. man, this is even, there's even more weight to this. Mm -hmm. I get up and preach to a thousand people on a Sunday Mm -hmm. and my kids are in the audience Mm -hmm. and I'm talking about something and then we get home and they know Oh yeah, that's not what dad is like. Dad mm-hmm. doesn't do those things right. that he just said. That's right, dude. I just, I just put a barrier in place of my own children mm-hmm. engaging with God mm-hmm. because they they know, <laughs> they know what it's like yeah. behind closed doors. It's you know? so crucial to guard the culture of our hearts, guard the culture of our community, and day to day is so important. I'll say this on our worship team: those listening, watching, you may or may not know this, but we have similar to Nehemiah 10, a covenantal document where we ask our worship team members. And I know other ministries have similar things. We ask our, our worship team members uh, to consider their day-to-day practices. Mm -hmm. One of the things in, in this covenantal document is your behavior on social media. I can't have a person on our stage. We can't, God can't Mm -hmm. at radiant life church, have a person on our stage who is rude and crass and condescending and condemning on social media six out of seven days a week and then come and, and sing. Right. I, I'm, I'm, and I'm I will make room. <laughs> come on. That's right. You know, so I'm, I'm we singing, tell. I'm singing praise on Sunday. Then yeah. on, on Monday, it's so spouting Oh, you venom. mother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, so I tell people, look, uh, I'm paying attention to what you're doing on social media. And if you act like a jerk, I'm going to come and talk to you. You know, we tell people, look, we, we live in a small town, right? I can't, I'm not going to tell you, you can't drink alcohol. I'm not going to say, cause the Bible doesn't say that the Bible says drunkenness is a sin, but I'm going to tell you is I can't have you at Buffalo wild wings, which is one of our local wing joints pounding down a six, seven, eight, eight pack of beer, and then coming to lead worship at radiant life church and the manager or what are the waiters or waitresses at Buffalo wild wings gets invited and they come and like, I closed that guy's bar tab. He, he, he drank 10 beers and five shots of this and that and the other. What's he doing on stage singing? We cannot have that kind of hypocrisy because it, it puts a black eye on Jesus. It, 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 it besmirches his name. And so we have to think we got to guard that culture and guard the community to say, uh, there's a difference. Mm-hmm. There's a, there should be a difference. And I think that's what Ryan's saying in this re, reclaiming holiness series. There should be a difference. What, what was, what else there, jo- Josh? Well, I mean, again, you just, you just go 
let's just revisit what we were talking about a minute ago, like every area of life, right? What does it look like for me to actually parent as though Jesus is in charge? Yeah. You know, and if I read anything in scripture, like about what it looks like to be a parent, to, to point kids to Jesus, like, do I live that way? Cause, mm-hmm. I, Cause I would say that's part of holiness, right? Bringing that part of my life in alignment with, with the designs and, and desires of Jesus, mm-hmm. right? Like the cheesy church thing would be like, you take that word holiness, put a W in front of it. So it's holiness, like whole and, and everything, yeah. everything in you, right? Yeah. Like every area of my life is, should be subject to the call of, yep. of Jesus to be holy. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. So and, and not just for worship leaders. That's the no. thing, right? I, I, I think in some ways, right. The people that are, are, on a platform, uh, James tells us teachers are held to a higher standard. Yeah. Um, I mean, so th- so there is leadership a bit, like, comes with a, responsibility. There's a higher level of expectation, mm-hmm. but every single one of us as followers of Jesus should be pursuing holiness mm-hmm. in every area of our life. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, there's we talk about pillars a lot in, in the church staff. Uh, we talk about a lot in the worship team, but there there's three, maybe four pillars. Uh, but those three pillars of, of, a, of a triangle, we'll say of health, your spiritual health, right? Your emotional or mental health. And those are where some people will split those two. I separate those um, two. Yeah. Your emotional and mental health. And then your physical health. You are an incarnate being. You are called to live out God's presence on earth in a physical body. Mm-hmm. You lead from your physical body. And, uh, those three areas, those three pillars on a day-to-day basis, what, what does it look like to be spiritually healthy? What does it look like to be emotionally and mentally healthy? What does it look like to be physically healthy? It looks a certain way, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I, I think those are, those are important things. What was the third? Our last kind of defining characteristic was prioritize worship. Mm. And and here it goes back to number two. Yeah, it, it 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 connects. But I mean, he okay. talked about uh, the principle of giving first. Yeah, which I mean, yep. you talked a little bit yeah, about yeah. giving uh, earlier. That was uh, convicting, man. So <laughs> when Ryan said when he was, was I was looking, he's like, because my family, my wife and I, we tithe, right? We give to the church. But when he, the way he phrased it, when he said, "If I looked at your spending habits." Mm. Would I be able to ascertain from those spending habits that God is first? And then he said, or would I see that you are first and God is second? I was like, ah, dang it, Ryan. Because <laughs> oh. which isn't to like say there hey, are some areas. Because guess what? Your, your mortgage, your mortgage might cost more than what your tithe is. It's that doesn't mean that you can't <laughs> I mean, pay your mortgage. That's totally like, different. I just want to. I want yeah. to clarify that. I like, think we're not... talking about the the spending on self mm. versus you know our needs and wants. Right. The differences between our needs and our wants. Right. Uh, that it, that was a real um, that was convicting. That was convicting. You know, because I want to grow in that. I want to grow in giving more to God's kingdom. Well, and it and it maybe holiness demands of us that we ask that question. And this is something I need to grow in, right? And and I've been Nicole and I've been trying to shift some things, you know, with with finances and whatnot. But it's like okay, for me, I'm the spender in our relationship. Mm. Nicole's the saver, right? Me too. And, uh, <laughs> but it, it's like it's like okay, maybe I need to really start asking the question. Okay, why am I really buying this? Mm. 
Like why? Like what's what's, the reason? what's driving this? Yeah. Why what's, am I posting this on social what's media? What's my motivation? See, that's not a problem because I, I make. I think I post two things a year. About every Christmas, I post the tourniquet, heavy metal, Charlie Brown, <laughs> and then if some band I like puts a new record out, I'll post that. But yes, yeah. yes. What's the what's reason? what's driving this thing? Yeah. You know, is am I making this purchase just because? Mm-hmm. Well, I want it. Is that really enough? No. I love, I love, and you've read it, read mm-hmm. the uh, Andy Stanley book, Better Decision, Fewer Regrets. Oh, yeah, yeah, great book. I mean, he gives you five questions to ask. Yeah. Because, I mean, and he breaks down yeah. just how how quickly we sell ourselves on a bad idea. Yep. And and he gives questions to ask. And, mm-hmm. and I was like, well, you know, why am I doing this really? You know, like mm-hmm. what's what's driving this particular thing the hard the Sorry. hardest thing and josh i don't know where the lord's leading you but uh john mark comer has talked a number of times you know he's in community mm-hmm. with a handful of people uh and these people are this is what what the financial accountability accountability looks like i was just talking to nicole about this purchases man. under a thousand dollars willy-nilly have fun do what you want you know nobody's talking about that any purchase over a thousand dollars like i want to purchase something i would come to josh and and josh would be responsible as my brother in christ who is connected to me Mm -hmm. whose life is affected by my stewardship Mm -hmm. with my money and says josh why are you buying that fifteen hundred dollar thing because i get going so fast sometimes or i'm just like buy 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 this thing buy 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 cool let's buy this gadget buy buy Versus having that account, and I'm looking at that, what would that look like to be in community with people to that level? Carrie Newhoff, this last week on one of his newest podcasts, talked about one of his goals for 2024 is to find one couple Mm. to be in that kind of community relationship with. Um, I can say that if I had that level of accountability in my life and that sort of questioning in my life... um, I could increase my giving considerably. Mm. Um, and now, and sc- scale that, right? Because maybe yeah. you're like me and you're like, dude, I don't have $1,000 to throw at anything, right? Maybe for you, you the, need to the, talk to people about, hey, if yeah. I spend more than $100, yeah. right? You have eyes the on your finances. The number doesn't mean no, anything. Yeah, the number isn't the, the important thing. The it's, scale. it's saying, all right, it's do I heart. have people in my life that I will be that transparent with? Like, I will show you my bank account. Yeah. Right? And we get weird about money. Like, I mean, in our culture, at least, like, oh, no, you're like, we don't talk about wages. Dude, oh, I'm no, weird no, about no. money. Well, no, 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 no. This, I say we. I am weird. weird. <laughs> Dude, I'm weird. I'm, I'm included so, in the we. <laughs> I am so weird. And I got, I actually got counsel from a person who I really respect, an older gentleman in the Lord, walked with Jesus 80, you know, he's in his mid 80s, very financially successful guy um, and an elder in the faith. And he, he said, don't have an accountant in the town you live in. Hmm. You don't want people knowing your business. Crap. I was going to take my taxes to Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? This is literally the only reason why I don't go to Jeff and Caleb. That's literally the only reason. Because I worship with these guys. I go to church with these guys. These are these are guys I go. <laughs> and then I start asking myself, wait a minute. Why? Jeff wouldn't judge me. Nor would Caleb. I know these guys. They both love me. They both care about me. They're both people who are pursuing Jesus. It's like... Oh, why do you think okay this is maybe like a little side why do you think we do that because here's, I actually, here's well, why and, and i asked because so he, like this he, this, yeah. this year for christmas right yeah. and i'm even hesitant to even say this on the podcast but i like, love it this year for christmas yes like my wife and i said all right hey we're yeah. just gonna yeah. 
for our kids, you know, we're not going to get them all these individual gifts. X. We're going to we're going to buy our kids a Nintendo Switch. Yeah. Like we can play games together. But yes. but I found myself people would come over and I'm trying to think of like, "Oh, well, you know, it was on sale." Like that I have to some like I have to justify because it felt like a lavish thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No. And, and that's a weird thing cuz I don't think that's a healthy relationship. No. With money either, but it's it's a why do we do that? Yeah. Well, it, it partially I know for me it, it's all about what you just described. It's the judgment, right? It's the perception of what people will think. If people knew the money that you make or don't make or the assets that you have or don't have those those like what what are they gonna think what will they think of you you know so it's it there's a lot of fear mm. i think involved in money um now listeners viewers we do need to double click on another side of this conversation there is a danger to this type of culture that we have seen in in the church it was called the shepherding movement are you familiar with this no, the shepherding movement was th this was a this was a movement that swept through the church where literally there was a pastor uh, and an elder group. All decisions. Oh, OK. I've not heard dating, of it. I've not heard of marriage. I've talked to jobs. people that sat under that. And Bro. I was like, what? It's cult. I mean, to the point where like yes. you couldn't go out with this boy unless that's you're exactly like the pastor approved it. So there's yeah, some really hard up. extremes. Uh, uh, on on the shepherding movement that that could be inferred by what Josh and I are talking about, um, but ultimately I I do think part of reclaiming holiness is transparency. Well, and and I think I think an important distinction though too is you need to find a community. I don't, and not that we're necessarily opposed, but like you don't need to come to me and share your your right. financial records. Right, find somebody that you can be tr that transparent with. Mm -hmm. Right, it doesn't. You don't mm -hmm. need like church leadership approval to no. go buy a new boat. No. Right. I mean, but if if you have somebody in your life that's willing to say, do you really need a new boat? Like that's that's kind of the heart of what we're we're getting at here. Yep. So. Yep. No, I think that's good. Uh, in the end, there, Josh uh, Ryan. I already mentioned this, but he he shared that that screenshot of Matt Damon in the biosphere on Mars with the red clay. And he's growing these plants. He's he's created an environment on another planet where he can grow food, right? If you've seen the movie Martian, uh, it's it's a good movie. It was, it was pretty good. I have not watched that one yet. It's a good one. Ryan asked this question, and Josh and I have asked this question on the podcast a, a number of times. Are we in the right place to grow in holiness, in faithfulness? Are we in the right place to even be sanctified, to be in the process of pursuing God, not perfection, but progressing towards the image of Christ. What, what does that look like? And I know you, you've talked about this in your prayer life and I, I it's probably you, I co-opted it in a sense. Or you talk about, no, your wife, every, she prays everything that I encounter today. Let me be like Jesus. To, am, I, am I phrasing it right? Well, I mean, the, 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 prayer, the prayer I steal, for, I steal from my wife is, "Lord, help me be in the right place at the right time, do and say the right things." Yeah, that's that's what that's the one that I yeah, steal which from I her think is a, to me that that that's a position of of sanctification, a, a way to be and used. surrender. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. saying, "Hey, Lord, wherever it is that you have, that's what I want to yeah. be uh, about." Yeah. A couple of phrases came to my mind, Josh. I'm a little kitschy because I'm a copywriter, part of my my job, so I think in in kitschy phrases, but. Uh, Holiness is positional, 
and directional. I'll say that again. Holiness is positional and directional. So positionally, we are holy Mm. in Christ. And I loved the way Pastor John Herbert prayed at the end of the service. He prayed against condemnation. He prayed against that. Because you could hear a message like you heard. You could hear the conversation that Josh and I just had. And you could, the, the enemy could start speaking these condemning words. Don't forget, listener, viewer, if you have made that commitment to Christ, you are holy. Mm. You are the holiness of God in Christ Jesus. That's what the scriptures say. Right now, right as you're listening, right as you're watching, you are holy. Now, because of who you are, because of your identity, that's going to inform the direction that you go. You're going to be going towards who you are. I, I think about life like this, right? At, at year zero, when you're in the darkness of your mother's womb, you are spiritually asleep. Scriptures say dead. The entirety of life is like waking from sleep, right? You're just slowly waking and seeing more clearly. Oh, this is what Jesus accomplished for me. This is who I am in Christ. This is the power and the authority that I have in God. And you just keep realizing and, and recognizing who you are in Christ, this identity That's that good. you have. And, and what, you, what you're becoming is who you are. The holiness of Christ. Holiness is knowing who you are in Christ. It's also knowing who you are. That's good. Yeah, that's good. And, you know, we've talked before about spiritual formation that we're all being formed mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> intentionally or unintentionally. I think it's the same thing here, right? We talk mm-hmm. about this idea of the greenhouse. Like we're all growing something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have to ask that question. Are the environments I'm putting myself in, like what's the, what kind of a crop will grow mm-hmm. from from this, mm-hmm. you know, this place that I've planted garbage in, in, garbage out. Yeah. I mean, what's, what's going <laughs> to be the fruit that comes to bear in my life. So we would so. encourage you get, get to starting point, get to discover purpose, get to live sent listener viewer. If you're not a part of the radiant life church, uh, find a church that you can plug into mm. be a part of formation. You are being spiritually formed, right? Uh, just listening to a podcast, watching a podcast like this is not enough. You are being spiritually formed by the world. And if you want to pursue the holiness of God that has been provided to you in Christ Jesus, you need to take the steps and do the things that provide that holiness. So get involved, get involved in your local church. Make sure that a majority of your life is defined by a pursuit of Jesus, not the things of the world. Mm. Um, We would continue to encourage you like subscribe to the podcast. I haven't even looked last time I saw 945, 945, 55 more subscribers. And we will do something super cool with radiant reflections. Um, If this podcast has been encouraging to you again, like, and subscribe, share it to your timeline on Facebook with those you love and care for. We'll be back next week next week episode 61 josh you got any, anything else in closing no i think we're good cool it's good it's good to be back in the studio it so. is god bless you guys right. we'll see you next week thanks for listening to radiant reflections the podcast of the radiant life church in sturgis michigan we hope today's edition of radiant reflections has helped you live like jesus and share his love with your family friends and neighbors to learn more about the church family this podcast originates from, check out theradiantlife.church. That's the
www.thepurpose.church. Maybe you have some questions after listening today. We'd love to hear from you. Send an email to podcast at theradiantlife.church. That's podcast at theradiantlife.church. Don't forget to subscribe to the Radiant Reflections podcast. When you subscribe, you'll always have the latest content delivered right to your phone from the Radiant Life Church. We'd also be grateful if you could rate and review Radiant Reflections. Every time we receive a five-star review, more people learn about this podcast. We also want to encourage you to share this podcast on social media and with your friends and family. Join us next time for another edition of Radiant Reflections.